Hey friends, Josh here. Welcome back to Dead Set Podcasting. Today we're talking the good, the bad and the ugly of founding the Australian Podcasters Group on Facebook. Let's do this thing. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, so if you didn't know, and this is your first time hearing my voice or getting to know me, and or maybe you've seen other things that I've done in the past and not realised that there was a connection to the Australian Podcasters group on Facebook, I actually did found that group. And when I say found, I mean stumbled into creating a little community for me and a few people that I knew that were all based in Melbourne at the time, just to have private conversations, to be honest about things we were struggling with. And from memory, it may have been 2013 when I did that. If not, it might have been early 2014. Jackson from the Forgetting Curve podcast, I met Josh R. Moore. Rest in peace, Josh. A sad loss to the community, obviously, for anyone who knew him. And I've met so many other great people, which may not get a mention today by name, because honestly, there's too many to count. Ken, Daniel, back in the day who helped with some of the administration around the group early on as well, just in case I forget uh, those guys as well, I met early on in that process. So today we're going to talk about what it's like to try and grow a community outside of your show. And I'm going to be taking the lessons that I learned from the Australian Podcasters Group, which isn't necessarily show-related, and or it wasn't for me. It was more about how do I create something to help people deal with some of the same issues that maybe I was having right at that moment or I'd actually overcome in my first few years of podcasting. But more so, it was how do I find a group of people that I can just say the word podcasting to and they know what it is or talk about editing with or talk about how hard it is to promote a show, you know, just to have a place to be free and open about maybe some of the struggles that existed at the time. And if you happen to be a member of that group, it's since flourished into this pretty amazing community where there's some high level industry people, a lot of really experienced people in my personal opinion and something I'm still probably most proud of, it's one of the most open groups to newcomers to the industry, celebrating the newcomers without allowing the group to become bogged down in pure beginner thinking. So I think that that's what the group does better than any other podcast group that I personally have exposure to. And that had nothing to do with me having anything to do with it. That's what it's grown into. A lot of that's actually happened since I stepped down from admining, which we'll talk about later. And that might be one of the things. If you found a group, are you the right person to keep running the group and fostering that community as it grows beyond a certain size? I was going to talk about a couple of things that I forgot to mention in the previous episode. A professional portable podcasting rig by busting the bank. But I might leave that for another week. So that'll be in next episode. I forgot a few key features that I love about the ND46 mic and the Mix Pre 6 digital recorder because we do have a bit to get to today. So the number one thing that I remember early on and the first thing we'll talk about today 
once you decide that you want the group to maybe be public or to be bigger or just bigger than private conversation, and that could be about a certain topic or a subject area or a political persuasion or whatever it is, once you want that group to grow beyond your direct circle, it takes a very long time for the group to grow, but more so to have continuous momentum where the group is self-sustaining and you as the founder or founders of the group and admins don't have to fuel that group at all times to keep things humming along. For me, it didn't take days or months or a year. It probably took about two years before the group started to grow under its own power. There was people coming into the group that were from circles beyond circles. Initially, it was people that I knew and then people that knew those people. It took several years for it to just be people finding the group and thinking, I want to be part of that. There's something going on there. And it was discouraging to begin with because there wasn't a group dedicated to this part of the world and podcasting. And it still took several years to start rolling under its own power. And now it's continuously doing that. But it took a long time to get there. And I see that it would be even tougher for you guys out there because you're maybe talking about something that has a limited run, a sporting team with certain players or or you're covering a financial boom like cryptocurrency and that has a massive peak and then goes away. You don't maybe have time for it to take years to grow a Facebook group. But just keep in mind, even if it doesn't take years, I guess my first point for today is that it may take a lot longer than you actually believe it will. But once it reaches that point where it's rolling under its own power, so to speak, that's when the magic happens and you can sit back as a founder and think, ah, that person's talking to that person about that thing. I never would have expected that we'd we'd see that triangle of communication in the group and different people helping different people in ways that maybe without the group, they'd never had the opportunity to give that help or receive that help or just to have a laugh or whatever it is that your idea is or your show's about. That momentum, once it starts to roll, is when things really get interesting and you can sit back as a founder and think, okay, this is bigger and better than what I thought it would be, which is really gratifying. So stick with it. That's the first point of today. The second point is a little bit more negative. And this is something that I experienced a lot when I was admitting the group mostly by myself. Certain users will come into the group only with the intention to cause trouble and to disregard what the intention of the group is. I can't speak to why these people feel that way. Sometimes it can be very poisonous. I won't comment on where that comes from, but I can comment on the end result. They're there for their own reason, whether it's they might come in, in the example of the podcasters group on Facebook. They were people that we let into the group early because we wanted to make sure the community was growing at a certain rate, that the conversations would keep happening and that the group wouldn't just die off as I've seen happen with many forums, et cetera, on the internet. So we weren't all that judicious to begin with, or I wasn't, I shouldn't say we, I wasn't, about who could come in and who couldn't. And it was basically a spray and pray approach by these people where they didn't care what conversations were happening and they didn't care what the vibe of the group was. They were there to promote their show. And when we had private communication, they were hostile about the fact that they couldn't 
they believed that the reason that group existed was to help them promote what they were doing and there's no other reason why a group would exist otherwise just be ready for the people that don't care they're very frustrating and in my experience they're very determined I mean I remember one user early on that had three different pseudonyms and would come into the group before we started putting rules in place and they basically would get in there under a different name but then start promoting the same show again the first person I banned was this individual I actually banned them three times under three different pseudonyms. And that's the sort of stuff you're going to have to deal with. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to behavior in a group. And when you're the founder, you're going to see all of that. So just be ready. Number three, companies that service your space or service providers, if they're an individual, can take one of two tacks. They can believe that the only reason the group exists is to help them promote their business case. And they can be rude, hostile, disregard the rules just to try and get a quick win out of your community, whether it's selling them something or pulling them out into their own group, having all their staff in there commenting on the same stuff about certain things being great and exciting for the industry and then you work out that they're all connected. The other side of the equation is you could have the actual founder of a company, for example, in the group providing information and never even mentioning for years who that particular individual is and how they fit into the space. They're there purely to help. They care about, A, the health of the group, and they also care about the greater thing that you're talking about. So companies and prominent people in your industry, your space, your genre, activity, hobby, can either bring incredible energy to a group or if they're like a spammer, they can come into the group and try and extract as much as they can out of the group and they don't care what they leave in their wake. So make sure if you recognize that someone's involved in a business that connects to your space, that you maybe just keep an eye on those people to see how they behave and what their intentions are going to be when it comes to your community. Number four, your group rules are almost certainly too lax and spammer friendly. So this goes back to the previous two comments, number two and number three, particularly for number two, which covers individuals with poor intentions for your group's health. My personal belief, and this is because I failed at this for the first 12 months with the Australian Podcasters group, the rules were so lax that the people that were in the group, the founding group of people, the people that have been there the longest and have been in heaps of conversations and poured a lot of energy into keeping things going. They were the people who were exposed most to those early spammers because we didn't have any filtering, which we moved into having questions that we would ask people. Simple things. Do you have a show? Are you actually from Australia or New Zealand? So basically from Australasia. I'm not sure where those questions sit now, but I think that they're pretty similar. They're probably being refined and made a lot more helpful to people. But that was one way that we could say they're from this area of the world. They're not from a business as far as we can tell. And if they are, we actually individually reached out to those people to say, hey, depending on the context of the question, can you please identify yourself? For example, if it's a question about what hosting provider should I choose, if you happen to work for a hosting provider, we'd really love it if you actually put that as a little addendum on your comment. The best hosting provider ever is 
blah, 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 dot com, dot au. Okay. Well, that could mean anything, but it means something a little bit different if you happen to be the chief technology officer of blah, 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 dot com, dot au. We didn't want that kind of lack of transparency in the group. Most people in business were completely open to that. Some weren't. None of the spammers liked our rules, and that's when I knew the rules were good. When the people that were most upset about the rules were the people that they were basically targeted to get rid of out of the group or to control or suppress in a way, all of those awful words. I'm going off the cuff a little bit today, so apologies if those words probably sound a little inappropriate, but that's basically what the rules were there for. They were there to enhance the experience of the members that really cared about the group and to dissuade people who didn't have the right intentions for the group or the greater community of what you're talking about, dissuade them from being part of the group. So try implementing a few really firm rules and make sure that every new member you add to the group, which is why you may have to start off adding people at a certain, maybe a slower pace so you can work out how much actual admins involved in bringing new people in, make sure that new members are asked to read the group rules. And you'll quite often know if they haven't because they'll use language like, I hope this is okay to post, and then they'll post what they want, or not sure if this is okay to post. If you're seeing a lot of comments like that, it means that the person has the right intentions, or they may not, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt, that they're a little bit unsure. They might have been in groups before where they're thinking, oh, it was okay there, but not many people liked it, or I got a little bit of pushback. Can I post my podcast episode, for example, to this group? Things like, I hope this is okay to post. Is it okay to post? And then they post. I'm not sure if this question's inappropriate. Is it okay if we talk about this? Because I'm not sure if we talk about that here. Cover off those big ticket items in your group rules. And when you let someone in the group, just tell them everyone in the group has an understanding of these rules or the majority do. And it would be great if you could actually just take a quick minute, read those rules because they're there to help everyone have a better time in the group and for the group itself to keep growing and foster a positive environment around your topic or genre or subject of conversation. So number five, which is I guess a little bit about what I've just talked about, you will need to actively prod and poke new members to read the group rules. A lot of people don't think about doing that first because they might be really excited to get into the group and look at the conversation or they've found the perfect group for talking about getting rid of plastic single-use drink bottles and they want to share their thoughts but they don't realize maybe a rule is that you're meant to comment on three or four posts before posting something yourself. It could be something as simple as that. Not everybody has bad intentions but even people with the best of intentions can do things that bring down the quality of conversation in a group completely by accident and you shouldn't put people into that position where they could be getting chastised by existing members of the group for not having known the rules when you as the group founder hasn't actually let them know that's an expectation. You'll also need to remind current users when they get so used to being in the group that maybe they're starting to push the lines a little bit and it's getting back to what I said before some of the coded language about that just a different variation of what I said before words like or phrases like I know it's not normal to post this in here 
but I'm going to post this for whatever reason. Or things like, I know it's pushing the rules or pushing the boundaries, but those sorts of things just grow over time amongst your current users because they're maybe a little bit too comfortable with just being an ingrained member of the group and it's in human nature to push at boundaries. It's what we do, push at the edge of the box a little bit. And it might just be a private conversation in that context of just, hey, that post did push the rules. I understand that it was probably for a really good reason that you wanted to post that, but we don't need new members seeing existing members posting things that are out of bounds and then we're asking them not to post similar stuff. And most people that value the group, if they're long-time members, will appreciate the fact that you've reached out to them to let them know that you acknowledge how much value they bring to the group. And it's really about keeping things fair across the board as to why you may have removed or hidden their post. Number six, and this is where I probably messed up more than anything to begin with. The health of your group is a daily task. So that's activity levels, quality of conversation, how cordial everyone is in the group, the tone of conversation back and forward. That's something you need to stay on top of every day if you can. Or once a week on a certain day, you look through everything that's happening and get a feel for the group, the type of conversation and the way people are interacting with each other and treating each other. If you leave that too long, like I did, sometimes for weeks at a time, and I would come back into the group and there'd be two posts there that I'd let go that break the rules and there's a few aggressive comments from people, etc., etc., and then I get the band hammer out and start whacking all this stuff all at once. There's two problems with that. One, some of the people that were in the group might have thought, what's going on here? This is all different or all negative or all out of bounds for me. I'm done with this group. So you may never get those people back. And the second thing is that you may end up leaving a big chunk of time where people are like, "Eh, I don't really like where the group's going this week. Maybe I'll check back in soon when one of the original admins makes a post or something, which is cool, but it might look as though you've got a couple of weeks of just nothing happening. When the first post is something maybe you post as the admin and then the next post is something one of the admins posts from two weeks earlier and nothing in between is there anymore because you've gone through and basically deleted weeks worth of stuff because it got a little bit out of control. Don't disappear and don't shirk your duties, I guess, because I did and I had to come back in and put the ban hammer on lots of people and I got a lot of hostility back privately from banning several people at once because it becomes obvious when you're involved in a conversation and maybe it's an argument and then suddenly the post isn't there anymore and this big thread of backwards and forwards you've had with somebody as a commenter versus another commenter suddenly not there anymore and they both think that they were right all of that came started coming back to me where did it go that person should have been banned my comments were valid whatever whatever don't shirk your duties number seven The person that admins your group when it starts out may not be the person that's right for the job when it gets to 100, 500, 1,000 people, whatever's considered a larger group for your genre or topic. For podcasting in Australia, when we got to 500 people, 
the makeup of the group had, had changed a little bit in terms of people. It was a lot broader, diversity-wise, age-wise. The backgrounds people had in different media, it wasn't just pure podcasting people. There was lots of people from different media backgrounds that were coming into the group as well. TV, print, radio, community radio, uh, movies, film, all this stuff. We had so many different kinds of creative people that we didn't have when it was 50 or 100 people. I was too much of a pure play podcast only person. There was podcasting, there was comedy, and there was ancient Greek philosophy to me. <laughs> Those were That was my mental space at the time. So when the group started to have more people from radio, particularly commercial radio, I didn't get those people the way that someone like a Daniel or a Ken, who were admins at the time, did. So they were helping as the group was growing. They got those people. Ken got the business people. I didn't really get the business people. To me, the whole using it as a business card thing didn't work 100% with my thinking about podcasting. To me, podcasting is punk rock. That's how I looked at it. Whole subject for a future episode, I'll expand upon that idea of what I used to feel about the genre and kind of how I still do to a certain degree. So I didn't get those people. Daniel had a really strong understanding of both community radio and some of the people from independent journalism that maybe I didn't vibe with quite so much in terms of mindset. He understood that they had very firm ideas about what a good podcast is, what journalistic integrity is, why a podcast maybe is this and it's not that. All those different ideas and that melting pot of what a podcast is, can be or should be. I was, for a long time, the first few years I was a podcaster, stuck in my little world of aggressive independence. And maybe I didn't get or embrace those people as much as the expanded admin team did as a whole, which is why looking to expand your admin team with really high quality people that have a similar amount of warmth and humanity, but maybe have different understandings of different groups of people and different backgrounds and even different goals for their own reasons for being in the group, whether it's making more contacts in an industry or being seen as an expert in something having a lot of currency in the fan space if you have a big TV podcast. Whatever the reason for having the group is, maybe the admins don't all need the same goal external to the group for wanting to be part of it. But as long as they're all focused on the fact that let's keep the group healthy, the conversations positive or constructive at the very least, and keeping the activity up so the group doesn't entropy and as all things seem to do on the internet, when there's a lack of activity, people come and nothing's happening, so they're gone too. And it can very quickly go from a hive of activity to nothing. So the person running the group may need to be somebody else that's got a broader understanding and a higher level view of whatever you're talking about. They may, they may need simply to be, like in the case of when I step down, I can come across as being very logical and kind of heartless at times with certain things, but I'm very much not. <laughs> and the idea of banning people and always disciplining certain members and kicking people out and tracking down people with pseudonyms that just want to span the group and copying a little bit of hostility off different business people in the past, that all was things that I would dwell on and dwell on and dwell on. And 
I wasn't able to just do what was right for the group and then stop thinking about it. I would just think about it. I'd run scenarios and conversations in my head about back and forth I'd had with hostile people. All of that stuff, when you get 500, 600, whatever the group is at now, probably close to a thousand people. I don't track those numbers as much, obviously not being an admin anymore. It's probably over a thousand. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a big group. There's going to be a lot more great people. There's going to be a whole heap of people in the middle that just are loving the information or being part of it or are looking for something specific. And there's also going to be a greater percentage of people that have the wrong intentions for the group that you as an admin will need to put the band hammer on or whatever your version of is. And maybe doing that once or twice a week is something you can do, but having to delete a post every day is something that you're emotionally not able to do as an individual. So either get a good team of people around you or pass the baton off to someone else that's more able to do that sort of stuff and then move on from having done it. Finally for today, I just wanted to say a massive thank you and well done to Rodney Gordon, who is someone who I think the guys that were adminning the group bought on to basically replace me and he's done a fantastic job, fantastic communicator, very judicious in what is and isn't content that should be in the group. He's done a great job of expanding the types of conversations they have in the group and fostering different kinds of people to stay engaged. And he's firm with the band hammer, but probably he can see the value in an initial conversation that may have seemed off topic, but it was leading somewhere good. Whereas my first instinct was to delete first and then think about it later in my own time. So he's got a more constructive approach for both the group and himself. So congratulations and thank you to Rodney for taking the little thing that the ragtag thing that I founded and turning it into something that's both, I think, important for the Australian podcasting scene, but also is still a real pleasure to be part of. It hasn't lost whatever's special about that group, unlike a lot of other podcasting groups. So congrats to the current admins, uh, Rodney and the team, and also to everybody who's commented in there, everyone who said thank you to me when the guys put a post in there that I was stepping down. That really meant a lot to me. I think when it's all said and done, I don't expect anyone to remember that that little piece of podcasting universe was something that I helped build to begin with. I think when I'm done and I'm looking back at the time that I've spent in the podcasting world and communicating with the Australian podcasting scene particularly, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the thing I'm most proud of is that that group's helped so many people do little things, big things over the years and also that I've managed to meet so many great people through there. I'll leave you with that. Thank you for today. I hope that you have success with creating your own group, whether that's a Discord server now or a Facebook or if you're building a group and you're finding maybe you're seeing some of the same things bear out that I've talked about today. Hopefully this helps or if you have deeper questions, feel free to ask. I'm not guaranteeing I have the knowledge, but I can try and help. At DeadsetPod on Twitter and Instagram and you can email hello at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay. If you want your show edited, check out deadsetpodcasting.com slash services. And yeah, if you want just to talk podcasting, yeah, at deadsetpod, righto. 
talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.